and welcome to Simply Why. I'm your host, Connor Reed. Simply Why is a podcast brought to you by Indiana Wesleyan University, where we do a deep dive into the stories behind our outcomes. Our guests share the choices that changed their lives, the paths that led them where they are, and of course, the why at the heart of it all. Our guest today is Dr. Teresa Veach. Dr. Teresa Veach has been a licensed psychologist for over 15 years. She's worked in a variety of settings such as hospitals, VA, medical centers, Department of Corrections, and private practice. She's also the Director of Programs for Behavioral Science here at Indiana Western University. Thank you so much for being our guest today. Hi, Connor. Thank you so much. This is really exciting. I'm loving how Indiana Wesleyan are doing these podcasts now. It's really great. All right. So we'll get started off with the, with the heavy-hitting questions, all right? Ooh, okay. Question number one, ocean or Great Lakes? I think the Great Lakes because, in a way, they're, they're so huge that they can remind you of the ocean, and yet you can have a home that's uh, just right right near them with so much to do on them. And so it gives you a bit more access to the water. Um, but I absolutely love the water. But living in Indiana among the cornfields, um, I don't have much access to either the ocean or the Great Lakes. But I think I would choose the Great Lakes. Awesome. All right. Question number two, physical books or audiobooks? Ooh, well, I wish I could say physical books because that sounds so much more intellectual, but definitely audiobooks because I travel and commute and just way, way too much. Whether it's on a plane, in a car, you know, they're just so much more convenient. Unless the person's voice is like really irritating, <laughs> then, yes. then I might like the content, but definitely audiobooks just for the convenience. All right. Well, can you explain a little bit just like your educational background? And I know you have an, a really interesting story with education. So would you mind enlightening our audience towards that? Number one, I never, ever dreamed that I would even go to college, let alone end up a college professor and being and loving it so much like I do. In fact, um, I barely made it through high school, had a very, very rough journey through high school. And in fact, Connor, I want to share this story. It, it was so pivotal in my life. When I was a teenager, I think I was either a, a, probably a, just a junior in high school, and it dawned on me one morning, a very early in the morning, around seven o'clock, getting ready for the bus to come. I thought, you know what? I don't want to go. Um, it was a very rough school that I went to, a lot of bullying, a lot of drugs, and it was very rough. And I thought, I don't want to go. I don't have to go. And no one can make me go. And my mom came in and she said, Teresa Ann, it is time for you to go to school. And I said, no, you can't make me. She came in again, Teresa Ann, it's time to go to school. I said, no, you can't make me. Finally, she looked in the door and she said, that's fine. I just wanted to see what you're made of. And Connor, I got up and I vowed that I would finish school and I would show myself, my mother and the world what I was made of. And I finished high school, praise God and praise my mother. Once I achieved that goal, I thought, good. I, I'm done. You know, in fact, I got married fairly relatively young, very young. Actually, I, I was only 20, um, had my daughter soon after that when I was about 22. And uh, when she started the first grade and I watched her get on that bus, I thought my heart was going to break. I thought, now what do I do? I was, I called my friend and I was crying and she said, well, you know what? We've got a, a college right here. It was Indiana University at Kokomo. She said, why don't you just take a class or two? Well, instead, like me, I just dive into everything. And so I, I dove headlong into it and took a semester and I took another one. And I ended up 10 years in college because I ended up getting my 
my doctoral degree in psychology. And, you know, I had an absolutely amazing time. I had a fabulous time. And I think it was during that time, I made another vow to myself that during my high school years, whether it was bullies or just the environment or whatever it was that was trying to rob me from my life and my voice and my my right to an education, that I was not going to do that again. I was not going to have anyone rob me of that again. And so when I went into, um, when I started college, I went into it full force and I asked those questions and I was a front row, you know, sitting in the front row and, and maybe irritating people because of how into it I was, you know, but I thought no one's going to rob me from this education. And it was absolutely transformational. That's really cool. And then so you double mastered uh-huh. and got your doctorate after that as well. So how did you how did you decide to do that too? I was really struggling with my relationship with God at the time. I knew that there was a still small voice inside me that was guiding me and directing me at that time. And I realized if I listened to that voice and it was a voice of wisdom, and if I followed that voice of wisdom, then things would, were going a lot better in my life. So this was prior to me becoming a Christian and only just learning. I mean, this is how far gone I was that I didn't even realize there was a right or wrong. So coming to this realization that there is a still small voice that's directing me and teaching me between right and wrong was a huge factor at this point. So I was sitting in a grocery parking lot in my car waiting for, I think, my husband to get some juice or something from the store. I just really felt in my spirit. I could almost say a voice. It said, I want you to learn about me. This is the Holy Spirit through people and through the love of people and through connecting through people. And it was then that I had a a strong desire to go into psychology. In my undergraduate, I'd gone through behavioral sciences. And so there's a whole range of helping professions. I ended up working like crazy for those graduate record exams. I mean, I would have, have worksheets in every room of the house and passed that and got into graduate school and ended up taking a double major in social psychology and counseling psychology. I wasn't really sure which direction I was going to take and loved that too. Had a great, great mentor. But Connor, I can remember even as far back as my undergraduate, when I walked into college, this was a huge day for me, one of those pivotal days. And I said, here's my dream. I knew I wanted to go into, say, psychology or a helping profession. You know, I'm just a little kid, well, comparatively, and who didn't even want to go to high school, never thought I would amount to anything and didn't care, quite frankly. And I said, here's what I want to do. And he literally mapped out, took my dream, created a plan of action. And I went home with that little paper in my hand. I could cry to this day, Jeff Kramer, Jeff Kramer, if you're out there, kudos to you. Went home with that piece of paper. And I said to my husband, somebody changed my life today. They changed the course of my life today. And I stuck to that plan. It absolutely changed the trajectory, the course. It changed everything about my life. Opportunity, not for just myself, but to help so many other people, hopefully. I mean, that's that's the point, I think, in life. That's incredible. And just great, too, that it's so much tied into your profession of just interacting with other people and just hearing stories. And being a counselor and psychologist is so much more complicated than just talking to people and just listening to people and So what was one of the biggest challenges for you maybe entering that field or throughout your career as a psychologist? Mm, I love that question. One of the things that comes to mind is listening. It sounds so easy, 
And it is so difficult. I'm going to give you a fantastic example. I'll never forget this. My first day of master's, we're all doing role plays, which are just absolutely humiliatingly difficult. So I'm speaking with another um, classmate of mine and we're doing a role play. And she's sharing with me about how going to school is very, very difficult because she doesn't have really much time for her, her children like she wants. She can't cook the meals that she used to. Her house isn't as clean as she wants for it to be. She is just struggling in every way, trying to balance all of these things. And, and one of the things that was most that was weighing heavily on her heart was her interaction with her children and, and what was going on there. And so, of course, me being the very, very new person, I have no idea what to say. I'm like, oh, that sounds like what I'm going through. You know, <laughs> guess it's the same thing. And the practicum professor said, what is she saying, Teresa? And so I repeated what she said. And she said, I think she's saying she feels like a bad mom. And the whole class, I remember just went, ah, oh, because I could listen and hear what she was saying. And I could even commiserate with her. I could even empathize with her on one level. But when our professor brought us down to hearing what was underneath what she was saying, I'm a bad mom because I'm going to school. So when she said that, we were able to connect and we were able to move that mock session forward in a way that I never could have imagined. And I think that was when things started to really change for me because I learned that listening, and it sounds so simple, and we can reflect and we can summarize and we can do all these things. But if we don't really hear the heart of the matter, and if we don't get at the heart of that matter, then we're, we're spinning our wheels to a certain degree. Hmm. I just find the whole field just so fascinating. What just gripped you in this field? I think the, the passage of scripture that I really hold on to is John 17. Jesus is praying for himself. He's been praying for his disciples. He's praying for those of us who will become his disciples. And he's praying for unity. And he's praying for connection. And he's praying that we will be so united in him and he in us and we in him and him in the father and we in the father, you know, he goes all around so that we get this glorious picture of connection. And I think that that is what I love the most is absolute connection. How can I connect even right now with you and with listeners and really touch those hearts and touch those minds and make those changes for the, for the better with my words and with my heart? Because in coming together, we're stronger, we're happier, we are more fulfilled in life. You know, there are so many things that we are tempted to get sidetracked with as far as money and success or what the world calls success. But if we have a meaningful job or a meaningful purpose in our life where we are constantly brought back to what is it that drives us and what drives me is that connection and what helps me make those connections are some things, many things that I've learned in the field of psychology. And most of all, listening to other people who've come into my office, hearing their stories and connecting with them. That's what drives me absolutely. And where people can come back and go, wow, I never knew that about myself. I never knew that about someone else. I'm learning and growing and changing. So if there's a listener who's listening in right now and is like, I want to go into a career in psychology or counseling, what would be your bit of advice for that? What I would say is absolutely go for it. And my advice, my practical advice would be find someone who can take that dream and put it onto paper 
like what happened for me, who can plot out that path, that pathway to success, because it can happen. I stand as a perfect example to someone, I could have just had that dream, you know, when I'm 70 years old, say, ah, you know, I always wish that I had become a psychologist. I really wish that I could have really made a difference, you know, in this world or used my talents. But instead, I went in and just had the opportunity to meet with someone who said, I'm going to take your dream and I'm going to make it into a plan. And I'm going to help you to realize that plan by showing you how to do it one step at a time. And so that's what I would encourage someone to do. Find out about all the helping professions. There's psychology. There's social work. There's counseling psychology, clinical psychology, research psychology. There's also coaching, which is totally different. And I absolutely love coaching. My one bit of advice and recommendation is to find someone who will take your dreams, solidify them, put them into a plan for you and get started. That's great. I was just about to say, not only are you a licensed psychologist, but you are also working here at Indiana Wesleyan and you're the director of programs for behavioral science. So how'd you get involved in that? I'm telling you, I love this job. I really liked working the clinical side. I had a private practice and worked a lot with veterans. I worked a lot with post-traumatic stress and people with combat-related stress. And so after about 15 years of that, that became very, very difficult for me to hear one story after another and, and really care about people. Some people talk about having boundaries in psychology, and that's all good and well. But I'm telling you, when you care about people, your heart's going to hurt. That's just a part of it. I was able to join Indiana Wesley, and I think it was in like 2015, 2014, maybe as an adjunct. I don't like the word adjunct. I call them affiliate professors. So I'll use that word because they're our front lines people. Um, so I became a professor for Indiana Wesleyan then. And I couldn't believe what a gift God had given me to be able to teach. Because for me, even more than interacting with people clinically, to be able to teach the field is a joy beyond joy. I became first an adjunct or an affiliate professor, and then I was hired on as a full-time professor. I was so nervous and wanted the job so badly that I almost didn't apply. And I know that makes no sense at all. But, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to speak to people even out there who, who are listening is that if you're so nervous and you want something so badly that you're afraid to apply, then that means you should really apply. You go and apply twice. So I applied. I was able to get the job and I'm just so, so grateful, changed my life again. So now I get to teach and also not only to teach, but to develop programs, to make sure that they are everything that they need to be for our students, to make sure that our adjunct faculty are uh, inspired and engaged and that they love what they do. I think one of the biggest things for many human beings is the fear of failure, fear of taking risks. I think the older I get, and I'm feeling pretty old these days, is that risks are okay for me now. And I wish that I had felt like this a long time ago. It's all right to say, you know what, this might not be a good idea, but here's an idea. This might not be right on the money, but let me throw this out anyway. Um, and let's just have some fun with it. So I'm able to do that in my class and with my class. That's great. Like you were saying earlier about life coaching, life coaching has become so big in the past couple of years. So what has been your involvement with that? This is another really strange story because when I was first approached about doing a coaching program, a professional coaching program, I had a bit of an attitude, Connor. I thought, what is this? Is this psychology light? I could not be any more incorrect about it. 
number one, professional coaching is not counseling. It's not at all counseling. It's not mentoring. It's not advising. It's not any of those things. It in, in and of itself is, is a way of interacting with people. And the, I am such a fan of coaching. One of the things that we start off by doing is having the mindset of a coach means that I'm going to look at my client or my coachee as someone who is creative, resourceful, and whole. That means I don't not only have to have the answers for you, I don't have the answers for you. I absolutely do not have the answers for you. But what I can do is I can know this. You have the answers for you. With the almighty God inside of you, you have the answers for you. With my approach of being curious and explorative with you, we can get at what those answers are in a way that is so oh, rewarding and is so inspiring and more than fun. It is like we're revealing little by little who God intended us to be. We're, we're peeling away all of those doubts, all those fears, all of those, maybe a bit of thinking that might not be exactly spot on and questioning it, being curious about it in so many ways, listening skills, again, apply. And in so doing, becoming who we were created to be. That fits along with John 17 as well. Connecting with one another, helping one another to see God within them and seeing God within ourselves. Well, I think that's a great way to wrap up this episode. Thank you so much for appearing on the show. Is there anything you want to plug? Any programs, any links you want to put out there? There are so many things that are, are very exciting to, to be able to share. One is our coaching program that is, is just now launching. And it's so great for, for anyone who wants to either go straight into professional coaching in and of itself, or if you're a nurse or someone who, who's in leadership and you want to learn those wonderful coaching skills. We've got great things happening out in our regional centers that are all over the place. And one in particular is in Kokomo, which is right near Marion in Indiana. And what we're doing is we're taking education down from the ivory tower and putting it right there in the community and saying to the community, what do you need? How can we connect with you? How can we provide services and education for you? And I think that's some really great, great things that are happening with Indiana Wesleyan as well. We'll make sure to put the link to that and audience members, you can go and just click on that link and it'll take you to the site. You'll get all of the information for it. Thanks again for appearing on the show. I appreciate it, Connor. Thanks a lot. Simply Why is brought to you by Indiana Wesleyan University. IWU is a nationally renowned Christ-centered academic community dedicated to providing leading, innovative education opportunities for students of all ages, backgrounds, and life stages. To learn more about IWU's online, on-site, and hybrid programs, visit indwes.edu. And make sure to follow us on social media as well. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day.